It is Monday, May 8th, 2023, and welcome to episode 217 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Lester Munson, NSI Senior Fellow, and I'm joined by Jamil Jaffer, NSI's Founder and Executive Director, and Jessica Jones, who went to high school with Spider-Man. Folks, <laughs> an amazing thing has happened. Fareed Zakaria, a columnist uh, for The Washington Post and a commentator uh, frequently seen on CNN, with whom I normally completely disagree, actually wrote a column over the weekend that I totally agree with. He uh, took a very hard line against a speech by Jake Sullivan, President Biden's national security advisor from a couple weeks ago, in which Mr. Sullivan outlined the so-called Biden doctrine. And this is basically the view of the administration that the U.S. government needs to get more intricately involved in the American economy in order to thwart the challenge from China and also deal with uh, global challenges like climate change. Now, frankly, I expect Democrats to think they have to manage the economy on climate change. I totally disagree with that. Uh, but that's not what we're going to address here. What we're going to address here is for the next few minutes, this idea that the U.S. government should essentially be picking winners and losers in the U.S. economy in order to thwart the challenge from China. China, of course, uh, the potential peer rival for the United States in terms of global power, has a very large economy, growing, growing faster than the U.S. economy, even now when uh, China's been battered by, by COVID. And what the Biden administration is essentially saying through the voice of Jake Sullivan is that the U.S. government needs to get more deeply involved in the U.S. economy, manage certain sectors. Uh, some of this is okay. If we're talking about export controls to make sure technology doesn't go to our adversaries, including China and also Russia, uh, that's fine. But what that, but the Biden administration through Jake Sullivan is actually going well beyond that saying that the U.S. government should be subsidizing certain sectors, should be thwarting others, should basically be directly involved in the market economies that normally have determined American prosperity. So I'll just make a couple of quick points here and then turn it over to Jones and Jaffer for their comments. First, Jake Sullivan has a fundamentally wrong premise, and that's that the U.S. has failed over the last 30 years. The U.S. has actually been spectacularly successful. The economy has grown. We enjoy basically the best standard of living of any modernized economy in the world. Yes, there are some issues that we have to address that hopefully we're addressing. But over the last couple of generations, we've sustained an amazing uh, level of growth that Europe has not sustained. And so the, I think there's some fundamental premises here that, that Jake Sullivan just gets wrong. The other idea that I really have a problem with is this is this notion that someone who works in the White House or in at the Department of Commerce or the Treasury Department can somehow decide what industry is going to be super important for our national defense 20 years from now and decide we're going to invest in that. We had no idea that smartphones 20 years ago were going to become the main the main thing by which all humans communicate. So this idea that we can predict the future is just crazy. The market is the best thing to do that. And the more we get out of the way of the market, the better off the United States is going to be. China has a, a command economy. They make decisions from the top. Yes, it's helped them in certain areas, but it's ultimately going to limit them. And they're really not going to be able to compete with the open American model. Jones, I'm interested in your reaction to this. As we all can, can tell, this is a, a strong take on this on this op-ed from this weekend. Um, well, you know, I take it from the position where we sit here at Fault Lines, right? We talk about national security. We talk about foreign policy. So when we decided to talk about this morning, I read the, the piece by Zakaria, and I just wasn't convinced at all. There's, the only time the word national security is said on in that piece is when he describes Jake Sullivan's title. The word supply chain, the word semiconductor. I'm not even sure if the word China appears in the op-ed. 
So for me, when I'm reading it, I'm not, I'm like, what is he trying to sell me? What is the position? If they're, if we on this show discuss all the time, the, you know, the peer competition coming from China, how is Akari going to address that? He provides no recommendations, no solutions. Like we, I'm not disagreeing that the market's wrong or the globalization wasn't the way to go. Of course, like we, we reap that prosperity every day here in the US, right? But we also saw from COVID what happens when our supply chain breaks down. So now we know that we see what globalization has brought us. What are we going to do about that? And so I think if you read Sullivan's piece, there's things that we can disagree or agree on here on the show, but I don't think he's taking, you know, um, trying to convince us to take over, over the entire market or to displace the market with the government. I think he can very, very much upfront says that's not going to work. We know it doesn't work in your America. But there are there are concerns we have that we need to start to think critically and address with maybe market friendly um, reforms or policies. And I find uh, uh, Sullivan's address much more convincing than Zakar's when it comes to the future of American national security. Yeah, look, Les, I think I think Jess is basically right here. Um, I don't I don't think that I think that I worry that what Jake Sullivan and what the Biden administration or parts of the Biden administration want to do is to use the threat of China uh, as a bootstrap into a new deal. We saw a lot of that in the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act. We saw all that in the in the very poorly named and completely fake fake named Inflation Reduction Act. Um, but. But the reality is that the U.S. government can and should have some amount of industrial policy in critical areas. And we have had it for 200 years. We've successfully done it in the, def- in the defense space. We did it in telecoms for a long time. It is not a terrible idea for us to invest in semiconductors, for us to invest in basic science research. It is not crazy for us to make and expect that we, we obtain critical minerals here in the United States and we, and the government spends money in that space. That, those are sensible things. And this slavish adherence, uh, less that you, they purport to have to the market, never mind that you support billions and billions of dollars away in foreign affairs spending. You think that's fine, but you have this, if, if that were so great, why does the market just provide it less? Because there are certain things the government ought and can and should do. And ensuring that we have uh, the needs for our national defense and those things met at a basic level, critical minerals, semiconductors, telecommunications, those are all things that over the last 40 years have disappeared from this country. We used to lead in those spaces. The pure slavish adherence to market ideology has led us that direction. Now, there is a place where conservatives and liberals can agree, which is to say that some amount of sensible industrial policy, incentives, tax incentives, uh, priming the pump, right, for basic science research, that kind of involvement in the, in the economy is exactly what our framers expected. It's what conservatives have supported for 200 years. And your idea that somehow that's, that's completely anathema to American policy is just anti-historical. So let's pull some of those threads apart because I think you've created a rather magnificent straw man there, Jamil. <laughs> Uh, oh, that was straw man. Literally, you literally invented not, a straw man. Claim that, that there's, no, that there's, you, that there's you it's did, all you ridiculous. you created the straw man, not me. It's you. It's your straw man that we're going to talk about. Okay. We're going to pull apart. I'm not talking about uh, U.S. government support for basic science research. I think that's a terrific idea. We should keep doing that, but we should we should also get out of the way and allow the private sector to develop the way it should. The idea that folks in the White House, particularly this White House, can pick the the best uh the winners the future winners Nobody's of the american economy that. and invest Nobody's in them and that. support them nobody's crazy is crazy no that's 
exactly what no, you're saying. That's a straw man. Exactly that's a straw man. We should, that's the straw idea man. that the idea that we can spend fifty nobody million dollars and somehow change the fundamental economics of how computer chips are made is crazy. It's not going to work. If you really want to do that, have government get out of the way, reduce regulation, reduce taxation, allow for entrepreneurship, allow for Americans to develop, uh, you know, their strength, which is their ability to find opportunities better than anyone in the world and exploit them and invest and plan for the future. That's the everyone, best way to do things. Less, everyone agrees with that. Nobody disagrees with lowering taxes, lowering regulation, incentivizing smart market-based behavior. Nobody disagrees with that. And no one, the, the no one on this does. podcast, no one on this podcast thinks that we ought to pick winners and losers. But so you're setting up a straw man, okay? You can talk about whatever you think the administration wants to do, whatever you whatever you say they say. I don't I don't think they say that, but even if they say that, I don't, I don't agree with it. So let's not create that fake straw man. Nobody's talking about picking winners and losers. We are talking about creating incentives. We are talking about reducing regulation. But in your view, you would just leave it all to the market, right? And that is not reality. That is not what this country has ever done. It is not smart. It has led to where we are today on critical minerals, on semiconductors, on a range of things, on telecommunications gear. There is not one domestic manufacturer of the type of telecommunications gear that is critical to our national security. We have to rely on the fact that Nokia and Ericsson make it in order to push back against Huawei and ZTE. That is crazy. If the government spends its money domestically buying only American-made telecommunications gear, that would be a good thing. It's going to buy telecommunications gear anyways. That's smart policy, Les. That is not market manipulation. That's just spending taxpayer dollars in a way that is intelligent and and beneficial to our national security. You're wrong. Jones. Jones. Uh uh, Jamil took up enough words for the two of us, and I I don't disagree with anything that was just said. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it all to my boss and those those great words he just shared with us. All right, folks, I'm I'm gonna sneak in the last word, which is uh, let's rely on American strength, the market, the ingenuity of the American people, not governmental decision making. That's what China's doing. Okay, that's Strong a wrap. Man. Thanks to Brooke Strong Aga Khan from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Wednesday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debate. Shaking Up America. Fault Lines is also now up on YouTube, so check out our page. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.